You're Within the Norms, the blog that explores boundaries of medical science and law. If you torture the data for long enough, you can make them say anything. I believe that is exactly what USCDC and DEA have been doing with their deliberate conflation and mischaracterization of research results on medical prescribing versus opioid-involved overdose mortality. Richard Lawhern, Ph.D. Reported by YouAreWithEnthyNorms.com Norman J. Clement R.P.H., DDS, Norman L. Clement Farm Tech, Malachi F. McCandle Farm D., Belinda Brown Parker, in the spirit of Joseph Salvo Esquire Incorporated.T. Spirit of Rev. In the spirit of Walter R. Clement B.S., M.S., M.B.A. Harvey Jenkins M.D., Ph.D., in the spirit of C.T. Vivian, Jelani Zimbabwe Clement, B.S., M.B.A., in the spirit of the Han. Patrice Lumumba, in the spirit of Erlen Clement S.R., Walter F. Ren III, M.D., Julie Killingsworth, Renee Blair, R.P.H., D.R. Karen Sasaki, M.D. Leslie Pompey M.D., Christopher Russo, M.D., Nancy Seafield, Willie Gignard B.S., Joseph Webster M.D., M.B.A., Beverly C. Prince M.D., Fax, Neil Arnand, M.D., Richard Call, M.D., Leroy Baylor, J.K. Joshi M.D., M.B.A., Adrienne Edmondson, Esther Hyatt Ph.D., Walter L. Smith B.S., in the spirit of Brom Fisher Esquire, Michelle Alexander M.D., Cud Joe Wilding B.S., Martin Najoku, B.S., R.P.H., in the spirit of Deborah Lynn Shepard, Barris E. Muchet, Strategic Advisors. Simple Math, Science, and New Studies Find E.R. Randy Lamartineer, M.D., Not Guilty. Dr. Randy J. Lamartineer, age 64, of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Lamartineer was indicted by a federal grand jury on October 27, 2021 and charged with distribution of controlled substances by a physician. After a five-day trial before District Judge Brian A. Jackson, on December 9, 2022, the jury unanimously convicted Lamartineer of 20 counts of distribution of controlled substances. As the evidence at trial demonstrated, from in or about March 2015 through January 2016, Lamartineer, in exchange for cash, wrote medically unnecessary prescriptions for large quantities of Adderall, fentanyl, hydrocodone, methadone, oxycodone, and oxymorphone. By Josh Bloom, August 9, 2022. A critically important paper in the journal Frontiers in Pain Medicine concludes that while the rationale for reducing opioid prescriptions to minimize overdose deaths was sound between 2006 to 2010, during the ensuing decade, the opposite was true. Reducing opioid prescriptions during this time dramatically increased deaths and hospitalizations. In other words, what worked 15 years ago is an unmitigated disaster at this time. Although pain patients and advocates have been screaming about these abuses, mostly on deaf ears, for years, they have been largely ignored. Still, a new study in the journal Frontiers in Pain Medicine demonstrates exactly how wrong-headed our prohibitionist policies have been. The study is long and complex, containing 37 references. I will focus only on the highlights and overall message, that the policy of severe restriction of prescribed opioid drugs may have saved lives 20 years ago, but times have changed. Following is a set of facts that both pain patients and those who advocate for them are only too familiar with. There is no longer a surplus of prescription opioid pain medications in the United States. If anything, there is a shortage because doctors and hospitals face pressure, legal and otherwise, to limit the number of pills they prescribe, regardless of the needs of patients. 
This has had devastating consequences for both users and abusers of these drugs as well as doctors, especially those who practice pain management, as the DEA counts every pill that is prescribed and persecutes physicians who overprescribe. While drugs like oxycodone and hydrocodone were abused with deadly consequences, a positive correlation between prescriptions and deaths, two decades ago this is no longer true. Now, heroin, illicit fentanyl and its analogs, and illegal stimulants are the drivers of overdose deaths to the point where prescription opioids now play only a minor part. Within the past decade, efforts to further curtail prescriptions have served only to exacerbate overdose fatalities, a negative correlation between prescriptions and deaths, as well as cause unbearable situations for chronic pain patients who have had their medicines forcibly tapered. Please remind me what country we are living in and how patient rights are, allegedly, of paramount importance. Much of this carnage, in my opinion, can be laid at the feet of the Physicians for Responsible Opioid Prescribing, PROP, a shadowy but influential group of self-appointed experts whose members benefit handsomely by becoming highly paid expert witnesses representing states that are seeking huge verdicts against manufacturers and distributors of prescription opioids, regardless of whether the company being shaken down has done anything wrong or not. Aubrey and Carr don't mince words, emphasis mine greater than the direct correlations used to justify the CDC guideline and guideline update that existed from 1999 to 2010 are no longer present. Starting in 2010. Relationships, between prescribing and overdoses, changed from direct to inverse. These results hold on a national level, in a large majority of states, and even among patients receiving opioid dosages greater than the recommended maximum dosage in the guideline, much less the reduced maximum dosage recommended in the guideline update. Based on the results presented in this paper and the current trends in opioid deaths, the policies of cutting, prescription opioid sales to prevent deaths and hospital admissions, are unfounded and ineffective. Does the sacred 90-MME limit make opioid use safer? Perhaps where our opioid policies fail worst is the insistence that doctors and patients adhere to the 90-MME or less rule, something I have thoroughly taken apart. Not only is the scientific origin of the 90-MME maximum daily dose mysterious but there is no evidence that it is anything more than an arbitrary number, a dose that could be too high for one patient and too low for another. Safety is one of the arguments for establishing a maximum daily dose, but the Frontiers in Pain research paper suggests that this is dead wrong. Criminalization of Pain Care and Doctors in America, American Agony by Helen Bopperl RN, PhD challenges DEA-DOJ targeting of patients being treated for pain. The Great Prosecutorial Deception in Law Opioid Epidemic In essence, Dr. Randy Lamartineer, MD was found guilty of practicing medicine correctly. The Food and Drug Administration, FDA, is responsible for protecting public health by ensuring the safety, efficacy, and security of human and veterinary drugs, biological products, and medical devices, and by ensuring the safety of our nation's food supply, cosmetics, and products that emit radiation. 16 Shulu Ruan v. United States Opinion of the Court, we conclude that Section 841's knowingly or intentionally mens rea applies to the accept as authorized clause. This means that in a Section 841 prosecution in which a defendant meets his burden of production under Section 885, the government must prove beyond a reasonable doubt that the defendant knowingly or intentionally acted in an unauthorized manner. We vacate the judgments of the courts of appeals below and remand the cases for further proceedings consistent with this opinion. It is so ordered. While one might assume that reducing high-dose opioid administration would prevent opioid-related problems, in fact, the opposite is true. The number of prescriptions for greater than 90 MME per day had a strong negative correlation with all overdose deaths and hospital admissions. There was no correlation between the number of high-dose prescriptions and deaths from all prescription opioids. No, 
high-dose prescription opioids do not contribute to overdose deaths. Perhaps someone from PROP or the CDC can explain this to me because it sure looks like prescribing opioids, whether in high, low, or medium doses has no impact on overdose deaths. Could it perhaps be because the pills are a whole lot safer than the heroin and illicit fentanyl that replace them? Pain is real vague laws contravene the first essential of due process of law that statutes must give people of common intelligence fair notice of what the law demands of them. United States v. Davis, 139 South Court 2319, 2325, 2019. Concealment from the public of the validity and reliability testing of usage criminal forensic tools violates the void for vagueness doctrine which requires that a penal statute define the criminal offense with sufficient definiteness that ordinary people can understand what conduct is prohibited, and in a manner that does not encourage arbitrary and discriminatory enforcement. Colander v. Lawson, 461 U.S. 352, 357, 1983. Patient advocate screaming mostly on deaf ears. The junk science and the fundamental flaws of morphine milligram equivalent, MME, undermines PDMP and DEA enforcement. Susan. It's worse now, 2022 now drops, the madame is 50. What we need is to get into Congress and intact hearings, including all who were not considered in this new recommendation. Patients, pain management doctors, caretakers, advocates, we have so many pain groups on social media, but it's support for each other. Basically, we need the news, and personalities, no one listens to us. Our doctors don't hear us, and the ones that do get arrested. I'm into these pain diseases for 19 years, CRPS2, cold, and severe deg disc disease 11 surgeries, and need another, I'm afraid I won't get adequate pain relief going forward. I need a cervical to thoracic surgery to take out all hardware, put in a rod, graft my hip bone. My surgeries were messed up being hit twice at a red light, first was a fully loaded dump truck, two, was a car at 50 miles per hour that plowed into myself and my husband. Since, no surgery yet, I now have daily migraines 2 to 3 a day. My neck is so bad, sleeping is a nightmare too, sleeping upright isn't that easy. I'm disgusted with this all, substituting meds for injections that don't work, but if you say no, they dismiss you, and cut you off. We need an act of Congress. Obviously, the Ruan decision has done nothing to stop the DEA at, CDC. Stop the suffering, we HV constitutional rights, and they are being abused. Thank you. Susan Sidemangarsha at gmail.com. Falsehood of the Holy Trinity, and the government's and the prosecutorial subject matter cocksucker fabrications, Ruan versus United States. Diane Barnard. It's a shame the prosecutors want to come up with anything to win and throwing justice out of the window is appalling. The Holy Trinity was not in any way connected to medical professionals. Just because the police or DEA uses those words doesn't mean it's medically disallowed. I would rather trust a doctor on the legal prescribing standard, not the government. What proof did they have? Just someone say so? Bo Brindley Esquire, Chicago, Eel. Defense attorney for Dr. Stevenson MD of Kansas. C-SPAN video Bo Brindley. HTTPS colon slash slash www.cspan.org slash person slash question mark 133432 slash Bo Brindley. Bo Brindley, defense attorney for DRS Stephen Henson R. Shaquille Khan, and Dr. Randy Lamartinaire, states. Beginning with the reversal of Dr. Shaquille Khan's conviction, and now the reversal of Dr. Stephen Henson's, my office continues its efforts to dismantle a corrupt system that has scapegoated doctors for an opiate crisis for which they are not responsible. 
No more will mere negligence be morphed into drug trafficking by federal prosecutors who want to appear to be fighting the opiate crisis while actually punishing chronic pain patients who need their doctors. This court must accept the decision of Ruan Khan, decided 9-0 by the Supreme Court of the United States of America, and vacate the guilty verdict of Dr. Randy Lamartineer, so say we all. For now, you are within. You are within the norms.com, Benjamin Clementine the Nemesis London England 2015. The Norms